to church. Every chance that you get to be in God's presence, it's a chance. If capitalize on that chance, get here, show up, get up early, get your kids out of bed, put some Fruit Loops in them and some Pop-Tarts. If you have to get up late, Pop-Tarts work. They can eat in the car and you can vacuum the crumbs out later. Get here. Get here. Your kids need it. You need it. You don't know it until you've, you don't have it. All right, uh, another, a great, another great thing that's happening today. If you are going to uh, the Palestine prison unit, please stand. Anybody going today? I'm standing. I'm going. If you're involved with prison ministry today, we've got several that are going today. All right. Good job. Thank you all. Y'all can be seated. I will tell you, that's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome experience. Uh, if you've never done that, uh, some of you may have been over there. Uh, some of you may... <laughs> Some of you may have been in lockup. You know, we pride ourselves at Covenant Church for having people in the pews that could have been locked up recently. Like, might have got out this morning. I need Jesus. Hey, welcome. Join the crowd. I need Jesus too. We're not a bunch of just perfectly awesome saved folks that don't need Jesus. We need a touch. We need a move of God. Now, some of you, 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 you might think that you need to have this shirt. So Travis and Vicki Edwards, uh, their son Jace, he was here the other day, and I'm going to speak on what happened yesterday, but uh, Jace showed up, and he had a shirt on, and his shirt, man, I love this shirt. Somebody's probably going to just say, let me, Amy, can you make that shirt for Jeremy? And I'll let you, because I really like this shirt. It says, woke up awesome again. Again. I read that shirt, and I'll tell you, I told us, I said, man, I love that shirt. Woke up awesome again. Sorry, not sorry. All right. But some of you, uh, you may feel like you, uh, you're just... We got to be careful that we don't feel that way. We're, we're just so awesome. We're just so there. We've just yeah. we've arrived. We don't need God. We need God. Amen. Yes. Amen. So prison ministry that's going on today, and if you're not now, listen, that has to be planned out ahead of time. So that that's not something you can just say, "Hey, I'll be there today." No, I'm sorry, you missed it. Go to the next one, and you need to get involved because I'm telling you, it's powerful to see about four to five hundred men that aren't in the sanctuary because, oh, it's free air conditioning, we're going to get a snack, it's just a way to get out of my cell block. No, these men actually have to earn the right to even get there. And when they are there, they are so thankful. And you talk about a mighty move of God. When that men's choir starts going, a cappella, with a little bit of organ maybe, but just a cappella. And it reverberates in that big hall, and it's echoing, and you've got 500 men that are just worshiping God, and they're praising God, and they're like, I'm, I'm sorry, God, that I'm here. I'm sorry that my circumstances brought me here, but sorry, not sorry. I found you, God. I found you. And I've spoken to some of those men in their testimony, and one of them, I said, man, you got locked up. You're in prison. I mean, what happened? What so you found God immediately? or He said, man, I was here for 10 years locked up. And you know, I've prayed about the hard cases. Some of these cases are very hard cases where you go, you get locked up, you're in prison. He was there for like 10 years. And finally he said, all right, God, I give. 
I give. And he said, the moment I gave my heart to him, I gave him everything and he gave me everything. He doesn't have his freedom. He can't walk out of that prison. But I'll tell you what, he has freedom in his spirit and his soul in knowing where he is going when the trumpet sounds. Amen? Prayer tonight at 6 o'clock. I always mention that. And if I fail to mention that, just make sure that you know, that I know, that you know, and we know together that prayer is at 6 o'clock. And we pray in tonight at 6 o'clock. So uh, show up. Be a part of that. If you can't be here in person, pray at your house. And one thing that I talk to my wife about is um, we have a lot going on. So be careful that you don't look around at your event. The things that you like to do. Now, some of you come to everything. You're here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday for something, Saturday. You're here for everything. You're the person who ran for student council in, in middle school. <laughs> you know, every, just doing everything. I'm involved in every activity. I'm in the glee club. I'm in the theater club. I, I'm football, baseball. You're, you're Miss and Miss, Mr. and Mrs. RHS, Rusk High School. Now, there are those who are a little bit more maybe... In, in the quiet stance and just picking one thing or another. So what I'm asking our whole church body to do is let's don't guilt anyone or have any kind of feelings or emotions that rise up in us when we say, well, I don't ever see him at prayer meeting. Well, you don't know that that man right there just gave a, a, a large offering to help buy a, a van or somebody to that did this or did that. So let's just be careful that we don't judge one another. Let's be careful that we are loving one another. Amen? And so I will tell you this. There's lots and lots and lots going on at Covenant Church. Come and be a part of what you can be a part of. Okay? When you're available, we want to see you. All right. Love y'all so much. Why don't we praise Lord in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your mighty, mighty presence. We cannot do this without you. We thank you, Lord, for provision, Lord, for our vision. We thank you, Lord, that we are going to do great things through you and with you and only by your grace and mercy in the name of Jesus. It's all glory to you. And right now we say all glory to God. God. One more time, all glory to God. God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. So if you've been attending uh, church here lately, we have been really reading a lot into, or we've been speaking a lot on just really being close to God. And um, today, it's no different. Uh, my wife, I, most, most times, uh, I'm up very, very, very late. Sometimes I don't know why it happens like this. I can have my notes together. I told her yesterday afternoon, I said, I've got my notes together. Everything's ready to go. I just need to write it all down. I started writing that stuff down. I started speaking to God and reading and praying and meditating on Him and His Word. And uh, I, I found myself, I kind of know nodded off. I kind of dozed off because it was getting late. And I said, God, you got to help me. I felt like I had this. I felt I, had, I felt like I had this together. What do you need me to say, God? And all of a sudden, it's scratch that out. Scratch that out. Pray. Read the Word. God, what do you want to say? What do you, what do you need, need me to say? I'm just a voice piece. I'm just here just to speak your Word. I'm just here to deliver your message, God. It's not me. It's not my ministry. It's not my wife. It's not. It's you, God. It's this. It's this is it. We every Sunday, the burden is for us as pastors is to say it in a way that pricks your heart, 
but doesn't just slash you to the bone where you're like, I can't do it, I give up, I quit. I knew I couldn't be a Christian. All it took was one sermon and one time at that church, and I knew I just, I don't have what it takes. Bye, see you, appreciate the free coffee, I'm out. But no, we, it's, a, it's, a bur- it's a challenge to say it in a way that also is relatable, that you understand it, because nobody enjoys hearing somebody else speak, that they just speak right over their head, use all the, the lingo and the Christian terminology, and, and you're like, yeah, I know. I've been out of church for a few years, and I don't understand anything that's going on. I don't remember that story. I don't remember that story. No, I will speak to you in a way, and I believe God has enabled us to speak to you in a way that relatable, relatable, and we will be real with you. Because God really made a real change in our lives. And I'm telling you, it is a little bit of a burden and not really a, okay, I'm using the wrong terminology here. It's a weight. There you go. I worry about it so many times of like, Lord, help me to say the right things. Help me to deliver something. Because here's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal for a Sunday, a Wednesday, any get-together of the church body The kingdom of God is for us to hear His Word, listen to it, relate to it, recognize it, see that that's me, and when I hear it, I feel it, and then to have a response to it and respond to His Word, respond to His presence, and if I don't feel that presence... Then I begin to pray for that presence. I begin to seek after that presence. I don't, I don't have that relationship. I don't understand what they're talking about in a relationship. And we begin to have that atmosphere and the presence of God moves in. That's the whole goal. The presence of God, He moves in. He does the work that we cannot do. If you've ever been up here, you've probably heard me say while I'm praying with you, Lord, do the work that we cannot do. Lord, you do the work. We cannot do it. We are human hands. We are man. We need you, God, to move in this situation in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to just let you know that we take it very, very seriously. And like I told you uh, last Sunday, or maybe it was this past Wednesday, we are not going to just look up or just turn to the next page in the study Bible and say, well, I guess we're just going to hit that topic because it was the, it's page 28 and next Sunday it's going to page 29. All right. What's, what, what does God have for us? Let's just fake it till we make it. No, much prayer. We fast. We seek God. And that's not for any kind of flowers or patting on the back. It's just to let you know that I love you guys so much that I want this meal, Word of God, the food, the spiritual food, I want it to be top shelf Really, really good because you need it and I need it. I don't want a weak message. There's a new couple coming to this church. They brought their whole family. And he said, I like it when a preacher points at me. He said, I like it when a preacher points at me. And then he told me last night, he said, I like it when a preacher steps on my toes. And I had him around... The, the shoulder there, and I said, all right, let's just, get, let's just start getting ready for tomorrow. And I wasn't stomping on his toes. But then I said this. I said, now listen, this is me on a Sunday morning, stomping on my own toes. Hey, let's be real. Amen? Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 6, valley of dry bones. Many of you have heard this story. Well, let's read this just for a second. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. 
It was full of bones. This is a vision. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can they? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Now, if we'll skip down just a little bit further to verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones... This is what it represented. He said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. Everybody say with me, I'm ready to get up out of this grave. I want to get up and I need... A term that it was I've heard my whole life in church, they would say, you need the getting up man inside of you. When you've got the Spirit of God living inside of you, that's the getting up man. Now, some of us need to just back up even beyond that and just start off and just say, I just need some getting up power in me just so I don't hit the snooze button on my phone four times in the morning. How many of you, I'll be first to admit it, I've got to get up early in the morning and head to Tyler. I'm going to do this. I'm going to set my alarm early enough that I have the pleasure of saying, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't going to work. I don't know why I'm lying. I'm going to start off the morning with a lie. Next 10 10 minutes later, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't going. I ain't getting up. Some of us need to realize that God is right there knocking, and he's saying, oh, you... The getting up man is already inside of you. You gave your heart to me. You were baptized in the name of Jesus. And you getting up. And not only getting up to go to work, but you're about to get up and you're about to do great and mighty and powerful things. And you say, Lord, I don't have it in me. I can't do it. I can't do it. And he says, yes, you can. You are a disciple. No names involved in this, but there's a gentleman sitting here right now that when he first came to church, it wasn't a week or two, and I begin to say this to him. I begin to say, man, you're a disciple. You are a disciple. I see it in you. I'm telling you, you are a disciple for God. You are going to be a disciple for God. And God, I promise you, was doing this. He was blessing the fruit of those lips. And I'm telling you what, you may not feel like you can prophesy and say things. Can you think of anything positive You might can be somebody who can prophesy. It will be good for you to just practice prophesying sometimes. I prophesied that I will have a complete and whole and vibrant marriage. I prophesied that I will have the children that I need and God called me to have. I prophesied that I will. God will bless the fruit of your lips. Amen. So he said this is... This is like Israel, and they were saying, I can't, and he's saying, you can. I can't, and he's saying, you can. I will prophesy. I will talk to you. I will talk to you and tell you what you can can do. Habakkuk 2, verses 1 through 2 says this, I will stand 
my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain. Make it simple on tablets that he may run who reads it. My title today is Clear Vision. I know it's already up there behind me. And I thank God for clear vision. I thank God for myself and my family that He has given us, He's given me vision. And I say, Lord, whatever you have for me, I promise I will walk in your way. I will follow after you. And you have got to speak vision. Today we are talking about clear vision because you can have vision. We all have vision. Every one of us in here can see today. Some of us might have the onset of glaucoma. Spiritually speaking, somebody here may be in a glaucoma situation. Anybody ever have a glaucoma removed? Anybody? No? I know my grandfather had that. I really thought that there would be somebody here. Praise God for a healthy, vibrant church. Praise God. But here's what I understand it to be. Maybe one here. Here's what I understand it to be. It begins to a blurriness in the vision. And it's something where I can't see quite like I used to be able to. Okay, glaucoma, that's that's a cancer. Maybe. Oma. I'm thinking, I'm I'm thinking cataract. Anybody had a cataract removed? Let's go. Oh, now they <laughs> listen, this is what happens when you try to to try to preach like off the cuff and you're just going to say something and just pull it out of your memory and God says, you know what, you're not smart enough. Let me do it for you. <laughs> I will mention that I was talking about my wife and how she's such a help and the one voice that spoke up in the crowd was my wife and she said, cataract. <laughs> so praise God for leading us to the right surgeon and the right medical facility to bring our vision back. I have not had a cataract removed, but maybe I need one removed. I don't know. Not yet. I will tell you this. I started wearing contacts at the age of 16 years old, and uh, I, I quickly realized why I was not hitting the curveball and the fastball on the baseball field because I put the contacts in, and I, I think my mom probably felt a little like, oh, my God, I probably should have taken me to the doctor a long time ago because I walked outside, and I was like, I can see the leaves on the trees. I, I literally can see individual leaves. It's a, I mean, everything was so crisp and vibrant, and it was just, wow, the edges and lines. I, I remember saying I can see leaves on the trees. I was like that blind man. And I, I see men walking around as trees. I, I saw blobs. I'm up there at the plate, and I'm like, all right, I'm finally going to get that hit. Nope. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Got contacts, started hitting the ball. Get that clear vision, things start happening. Action. Things that you're struggling with, you need clear vision. We're going to speak on it today. We're going to move right through this lesson to today's title, that clear vision. Clear vision. Church, this world is full of uncertainty, and we know this. We're, if you've not knowing what's going on. You're living under a rock. Ask your neighbor. I mean, we know this. Israel has been invaded by some evil, 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 evil forces. Hamas and the different forces. 
And then the other ones who have helped them and want to say, oh, we didn't know. Oh, we didn't fund that. They're not my buddy. They're not my friend. No, look, there is an evil force that has gathered and culminated around, and they are trying to eliminate and wipe Israel off the face of the map. I could just so easily help them out and just say, hey, um, or, or, uh, or, um, <clears throat> Mr. General, Mr. Uh, Leader, y'all read this right here. And uh, just know that this is the word of God. No, no, not, your, not a God, not your God. This is the word of the one and only true God. It will never die. It will never go away. It was before him and after him. It's the word of God. Take a little look-see and see uh, you fighting a losing battle. And you will be destroyed. Like with a capital D, destroyed and ground into powder and sprinkled on the sea and just, just gone. We pray for Israel. We know that God is putting signs everywhere. But there's disorder, there's chaos. And for many, that disorder and chaos is the norm. That's their new normal. Don't raise your hand, but there are those here today that chaos and disorder in your home has become the new normal. It's normal for dad to let off two or three expletives. It's normal for mom who never did this. Now, after four or five kids, it's like she's letting them fly. It's normal for something else to maybe fly across the room. It's normal for a child to say, nope. It's normal. It's the new normal for a child or a teenager to say, oh, you, oh, really? And that has become the new normal. But Hollywood, that's okay. We rely on Hollywood. They, they can fix these things. We've got things like uh, Super Nanny, Wife swap. Hey, that's a good idea. Let's just trade wives. Maybe your wife can fix me and your wife. Would you, and then, oh, well, she's cute. Oh, uh, come on. Come on. And then, of course, we got Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil, he can talk through anybody. And if you just, you've lost all hope, I mean, you just go full Jerry Springer on it. I remember a long time ago, I don't even know if he's still on TV, Maury Povich, he had the, uh, the, the DNA test says this. I mean, every show was a fight. Every show was just chaos and disorder. The solution for a life of disorder is clear vision. It is also, and most importantly, you know, it is Jesus Christ the Spirit of God living within you, living so strong within you as a leader, you portray it to your children, you exude it, it's all in your home, and the Spirit of God is moving in this house. And we say things like, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This, When I begin to get this sermon together for Sunday, I, I had full intentions of teaching on the simple the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. I was going to just go to the Ten Commandments and just preach the Ten Commandments. But I will say this. The Ten Commandments are now being put up, thanks to Governor Greg Abbott, in our classrooms and in our schools. Praise God for that. 
Uh, if you've not grown up in Texas, welcome to Texas. We love God. We put God first. We will have coaches that lead prayer on the field. We have kids that pray at the flagpole. And we're going to keep on doing that and keep on doing that. Well, you're not allowed to do that. Guess what? We're going to do it anyway. What you going to do? Fire us? Huh? We're all doing it. But we need the Spirit of God living inside of us. I will say this. It would not be a bad idea for you to go on Amazon or someplace and find you a set of Ten Commandments. Look us up one. We don't have it in our home. I'm going to be the first. Well, I'm not the first. I'm gonna, somebody else probably has it in their home right now. Anybody got the Ten Commandments in their home right now? On the wall? I'll, let's do that. Let's find a little plaque or something. Let's find you a magnet for the refrigerator. And just every once in a while, before you pray over your meal, look over there on that magnet. Hey, kids, uh, <clears throat> honor your father and your mother. Now, I have always read that scripture in the sense of the children. All right? Honor your father and your mother. Do I bring dishonor to my mother or my father name, their namesake, their name, if as an adult I'm living like a complete heathen and everybody in town knows I'm full of sin, I'm full of hate, am I honoring my father and my mother? No, it's not honor. Hey, I honored my father and mother up until I was about 12, 13 years old. Or maybe let's say 16, 18, we moved out of the house and woo, check, did that one on the Ten Commandments. Now I'm going to go live like the devil. No, 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 no. I should honor my father until the day I die. Oh, well, they're gone. Now I can cut loose. Boy, I'm going to cut a rug now. No, no, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to honor them Forever. I honor God first and foremost. But I love that commandment. Honor your father and your mother. One thing that we've learned here recently, and my wife and I, this is a commandment. On, it is a, one of the Ten Commandments. And it is to take a Sabbath. Take time away from doing all of the things that we do that keep us busy. And I'm going to touch on this a little bit today. But you have got to take the time to tune into God. To read your word. To, to take time to pray. A Sabbath. It's very, very important. A person without clear vision will be a slave to their reality. Let's read Proverbs 29 and 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish. I don't want to die. I know what perish means. It means death. I don't want a church. I don't want to be a part of a movement. I don't want to be a part of anything that is prophesied to be death. And how is it prophesied to be death? No vision. We vow to have vision constantly. Complete this project and start another one. Complete that project, start another one. The whole entire motto of this church is continually better. The bar was set here. Congratulations. You can now do a pull up at eight foot high. Now, Jump to nine feet. Grab it. Pull up. Now, jump to ten feet. Just move the bar up and up and up and up. Never ever be satisfied with the status quo. A person without vision is worse off than a person without sight. And you look at that and you say, no way. There's no way that, that, that that's worse. So you got the person with the stick out in front of them. They cannot see. They cannot see. They literally cannot see. See, they are absolutely blind. But a person without vision, 
vision for their life, vision for where they're going. They can see, they see every morning to get up and hit the snooze button. Hit the snooze button. Three snoozes, coffee, car, work, miserable. I've got my routine. That's my routine. Three snoozes, one coffee, one cuss out from the boss, find my corner at work, slave and slug through it, go through that grind till Friday, hit the store for my special drinks. All right. I hit a nerve. I'm sorry. (laughs) We get in a routine. I know a man who knew a man. I love, y'all are like, are you making these stories up? Because I don't share names. I don't name, call, and drop. I know a man who knows a man that every day when work was over, it'd be about 4 o'clock. So the time would come where it's getting close to going to the store. And that was the routine. We're going to go by the store. I'm going to get my ice cold Dr. Pepper. He had a special drink. I know I'm saying drink. He had a special drink. That he liked it, that special drink was special because it had to be wrapped up in a paper sack. You know, it's special. They gift wrap it for you. Some of y'all think you got something going on, like you got oh, I got favor. I got the favor of the Lord. They gift wrap my drinks. <laughs> Come on, let's be real. It's so special. Can y'all put a bow on that for me? Y'all gift wrap here? Yeah, we do. It's special. Gift wrapped it. So this man. Before it even came time to getting in the truck to just drive it, his spirits would lift. He started getting a better attitude. It's getting close. Ooh, been slugging around, just been slaving all day long. And then when that thing would finally, it, it, all I had to do was just hit his hands and he would hold it and kind of pet it like this right here. He just kind of petting it, just waiting on to get in the truck and just holding it and caressing it and loving it and just, oh, I love you. And just, and then, oh, oh. I can go to work again tomorrow. You know, there is a joy and peace in the Holy Ghost that is, it, it will surpass every, everything that the world can offer. I know I'm talking about some alcoholic beverage right now, and there are some that can drink that, and they're fine. They can go have a glass of wine with their wife. It doesn't affect them. It's like drinking an unsweet tea. They're like, man, that doesn't even touch me. But there is something else that touches them in a special way, gift-wrapped straight from the devil. He brought it in, and he gift-wrapped that little girl that was at your job, and she she just looks so pretty, and she's perfectly gift-wrapped with a bow in her hair maybe. But I don't drink, and I go to church every day. But you got there's something that's gift wrapped from the devil, and he's got it. It's called a vice. Everybody has one. We know that. But I want to tell you today that whatever the devil has gift wrapped for you, it's time to take that and just kick that right on out the door. See it for the trick and the play that it is. Quit getting played by the devil. My dad, he's passed away. Some of you who didn't know him, we call, so our last name is Driver. And so we called him Daddy D. And we called him, Daddy D was a prankster and a jokester. Man, we had the, fun, the funniest times and the funniest memories. But one thing I want to share with you today, and it just came to my mind. I'm not, I know it's completely off topic, but it's just funny. And I love my dad. And you know what? Don't forget the things that your father or mother brought into your family, take that and pass it on to your children. Amen? So, as a young child, they used to gift wrap a box 
just a box. And they would do this around the end of November, Christmas time, and they had little string or twine or fishing line, something that, and they would put that gift wrap, gift, gift wrap box. Daddy D would do this, y'all, the sweet Daddy D. Out of there on the edge of the highway, and they'd get back in the brush. This man, if they'd have had cell phones and could have recorded this stuff, people would slam on their brakes and get out of the car, and they'd go there. That gift, I mean, they wrapped it up good, shiny bow paper, and they'd wait till they're right there, and him and his brothers over there, pow, yank it out from under them. What? And then you got five little old kids over there just laughing and cutting up. Daddy D. What a jokester. Let me tell you what. He loved God. And the, you know, I didn't honor him in all of my life. There was, I, there was so many times I did, but there was a section of my life that I did not bring honor to him and my mother. But I'll tell you what. God changed me because I was tore up from the floor up. We say it. I'll say it again. I had let myself slide, 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 and given up on God, given up on myself, and he changed my life. He brought me up out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock to stay. But let me just be even more real with you, because some of you are here at this point right now in your Christian walk. God, in my mind, I, this is me, brought me out of the miry clay, singing the song, set my foot on a rock, for about three or four days. Yes. Because I was continually going back and going back. And it wasn't me latching onto his word and attaching it and saying, God, bind my mind to your mind. Bind my heart to your heart. Lord, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to take the initiative. I'm going to make the move. I'm going to do some things. I'm not going to say, Help me, Lord. Help me in my sin. Lift me up out of this miry clay that I let myself fall. As a matter of fact, I didn't even let myself fall into it, Lord. I actually jumped in it. Because yeah. right. I'm, I'm like that little boy who's in the mud puddle. I, I, I saw the mud puddle. I just jumped in. I splashed around. I was like, whoo, mud puddle time. This is fun. Sin, yeah. Now, Lord, I need you to lift me up out of this miry clay. And Lord, please, just carry me and walk me over. There's that rock. Oh, I want to be on that rock. I've heard about it. Heard about it at church. Heard about it in Sunday school. Set my feet on the rock. And make me. Make me stay here, God. Make me. I want you to say something to me right now. Say it louder. Everybody can say it. Hear it. Say, love me. Say it again loud. Yeah. That's my wife. For those that are watching online, she's saying, love me. We, our little boy used to say this. He said, I want you to hold you. <laughs> he was trying to say, I want you to hold me. I want you to hold you. God's saying, yeah, I want to set you on that rock. I want to put your feet on the rock to stay, like the song says. But I need you to want to be on that rock. I need you to want to stay on that rock. And will you tell me, God, I want to be on that rock. I'm sick of this sin. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. I need to be on that rock. I'm getting on the rock. I'm on the rock. Now, Lord, help me to stay on the rock. But too many of us want God to just pick us up, carry us over, place us on the rock. You are good. You're protected. I'm going to keep you on this rock. You'll never, ever, ever sin the rest of your life.
So let me just say that statement one more time. A person without vision is worse off than a person without sight. And yes, they are different. So yesterday we know, and that's the reason why I have this picture up here with this clear vision. Yesterday we know there was a solar eclipse. Does anybody in this house right now not know? You don't even know it. Right now you're getting clear vision that there was a solar eclipse yesterday. Anybody did not know it happened? Raise your hand. Oh, I got one. So there was one. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, there's just a message in there. It's like, hey, we gotta, we got to pay attention to the signs of the times. we got to pay attention. You're fine, darling. God loves you. I love you. It was perfect. It was God meant for that to happen. You're the only one in here. But listen, it's good to know that we have got to be aware and cognizant and watching for the signs in the sky. Okay? God is putting signs everywhere around us. You know what I thought was just so beautiful? We're, this is when I know, I didn't even know about the solar eclipse. And Micah Edwards, shout out to the, the entire, if you're an Edwards, stand up in the place. Come on now, if you're an Edwards, stand up. This couple and this family has helped us with new signage. All right. And their son Christian was there, and he's not here. Y'all can be seated. Christian was there. Uh, all the grandkids, all the babies, the whole family. I, I texted my father-in-law. I said, the whole Edwards family's in, in on the install. Zane Lofton, Zane was there. Uh, I was there. It was good. It was a good time. Gracious, I'm burning up. All right. Here we go. Oh, that's so much better. Why didn't I do that 20 minutes ago? All right. So yesterday, this is when I noticed the solar eclipse. Micah is on a lift, and he's up in the air, and he's putting up the letters. How many of you saw the Covenant Church out there? It's beautiful. Thank God. I was thinking about this before I even get into that story. I'm thinking about how... It's a sign. It's a sign. And this should cause us, and Lord, I hope that this draws and, and let it just... I started thinking about signs. But Micah spoke up. He said, man, he's like... And I, he was on the lift, and I had my sunglasses on. He said, man, he said, I, I feel like I've got sunglasses on right now, but I don't. And I'm like, What? Did you get a special gift wrap drink before you came here, Micah? <laughs> I'm, look, I'm like, is there some paper on the floor around here? I, I, don't, I feel like I got sunglasses on, dude. But I don't. So I'm like, hey, it's, it looks funny out here. Then Zane's like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a solar eclipse. I've got glasses from TJC. Here, y'all look. Oh, my word, there's a sign right here. I didn't even see it. It's right there. Now, before that, and you know we're not supposed to do this, but this is what we did. We're like, I was doing this. I was like, uh. No glasses. Uh. Then I got my brim of my hat and my, 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 and my uh, hand. I was like, trying to make a little crack. I was like, uh. Then I was like, man. Matter of fact, I went to True Value to pick up some stuff for one of our electricians that was working, and I was having trouble seeing it. I said, man, I looked at that solar eclipse a couple two times too long. And he, Because I said, man, I cannot tell. Is that like a, a quarter-inch bolt right there or what? I can't even read it. He, he said, you looked at that solar eclipse too long, didn't you? I said, I'll be honest, I did. So here's what happened. It, there was a sign. It was there. We didn't even realize it. But we begin, he began to notice some things. But I want to talk to you about uh, some stuff here in a minute But uh, about that. Church, God is getting ready to call his bride home. And he is putting signs 
everywhere. If you'll put up right now Luke 21, 25. Signs in the sky, the Bible says. If you don't know, I don't have time to get into it right now and speak about the end times. But I will tell you, there are some good, good resources online. And you need to be aware. I called my son the other day. He was at the house. I was at work. I said, I want you to go to YouTube right now and just type in the word Israel. And I want you to be informed and know that the signs are here. I do not want my own son living at home to not be aware because I don't want to take the time to say, Hello? Zane said, Hello? Look, at the Look up, Micah and Jeremy. It looks weird down here right now because there's a solar, almost a complete solar eclipse going on and you guys are missing it. Because you don't have clear vision. You better get clear vision for your life, for yourself, and for your home, and for everybody around you. You better get clear vision so that you can see the ring of fire that's in the air. So that you can feel, so that you can know the fire and the presence of the Holy Ghost. Luke 21, 25, we just read it. So three things that the eclipse caused yesterday for us. This is three things that, it ha that happened for us yesterday. Number one, our sight was affected. I will say our sight, our visual, our actual sight was affected. Number two, we got cold. Have we not heard a sermon here lately about waxing cold? And at the end of days, you will have those, the elect, the ones who are, oh, I'm saved. I go to church. I go to first this. I go to first that. I often wondered about that. Sidebar, how in the world can there be so many first, 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 first? One of y'all second in that town. If I was like the third one in that town, I would almost want to just name the church Fifth United, Fifth, Pre fifth First, fifth, well, Fifth First, that's funny. That would be funny. That would be a catchy slogan, a catchy name. We're the, we the Sixth, Seventh, First. But you, here's what, I go to this, I go to that church. But... And you're checking off the boxes, but you're waxing cold. You're yeah. not near the source. Yeah. Number three, we were distracted. So let me go through them real quick. If you're taking notes, sight was affected. We got cold. I was out there. I, was, I came to, to the church. I had a pullover, a little, little Under Armour lightweight, putting it on. We're working. We're working. Micah has his little moment up there on the lift saying, it looks weird. It looks weird. I'm not wearing sunglasses, but it looks like I am. And then a little bit later, I'm like, man, I am starting to get cold. What is up? And I got cold because there was something that was blocking my source. It was in the way of me receiving the heat and the fire that I needed. I'm there on the church property doing church work, living for the Lord, doing God's work. Be careful, every volunteer, every worker in here, be careful that you are not working for the Lord, working for the Lord, doing God's work, and slipping away and no heat, no fire. We gotta be careful. We've gotta stay on fire for God. I'm gonna get on that in a minute. So, number one, our sight was affected. Number two, we got cold. Number three, we were distracted. The moon, even though it was much smaller and it doesn't have any power whatsoever, it has to reflect the sun. But the moon, in all of its smallness and and no power whatsoever, no source at all, 
as small as it was, the little things, as small as it was, it was blocking out something that was mighty and powerful. It has the ability to heat this earth, to change the tide. and Well, I guess the moon does that. Sorry, sorry. So the, the sun does so, so much. I mean, it provides energy and growth for this planet. Everything revolves around it. And the little old moon, the smallest little thing, got in line with my vision. And in that vision, it blocked. And it, but it's small. It's such a small thing. Solomon said it's like, the, he said like this, the little foxes that spoil the vine. All of the seemingly harmless things of life, they begin to eclipse the greatness of God. And you say, well, it can never eclipse God. It can never do more. It can never pull me down. Yes, the little things of life will eclipse because you allow them to get in line with your vision. Now listen, we need to be in alignment with God, but you've got to get all of the little things out of the way that are trying to get in the way. Remember, sight and vision are two different things. What is your reality? What do you see every day? What is your reality? What are you looking at every day? When you go home today, I want you to do this. It's important because it said it in the Word of God. It said to write it and make it plain. I want you to go home today. Put it on your phone. Set it as a reminder. That's a good way to do it. Put it as a reminder on your your phone. The things that you see yourself doing, the places you see God taking taking you to, write it on a piece of paper. Put it on the visor. Flip it down. See it somewhere. My granddad, Lord rest his soul, I remember going to his house and seeing post-it notes on the mirror with a post-it note really close to the the, uh, toothbrush. This was a man who was a pastor. All I knew him from my whole life was he was just old. Old preacher man. And still had a post-it note on the glass right by the toothbrush that said, pray today. Don't you know, as a new Christian, oh, I'm on fire for God. Yeah, you're on fire for God. Wait about four or five days. You're going, it's okay. It's okay. It's life. We deal with stuff. Julio said it like this. He said, it's a struggle. Don't take offense to somebody who is a pastor or somebody who loves God and know that they struggle too. Okay? But listen here. It's not that they struggle and give in. They struggle and win. Oh, man. Don't struggle and give in struggle and win so that's the difference struggle alright devil you want to fight Tommy Wood I'm thinking of you right now brother mixed martial arts don't mess with somebody who studies the art of fighting just don't no just don't but devil, so that's him. He's like, so devil, you want to go? I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll go one minute. Because I know, let's go for a three, three minute round, devil. The devil says that? No, I'm going to let you step in with me for about three seconds. Pow! Well, you don't let the front foot come up on a hit. You need to lock in. When you go home today, write it, speak it, what you want to see. Our source, yesterday, our source of light was only partially blocked. 
Oh, I'm only partially allowing the devil to enter into my vision. I'm only partially allowing a little bit of life to creep in and keep me from having clear vision in line with God. I'm only partially allowing sin. I'm only having a little partial amount of sin. The Bible says, and we've said it here recently, I would rather you be hot or cold. And if you're cold, you're going to get sick of being cold. The other day, we're, yesterday, we're cold. I'm like, man, I need that sun. I need that source. I need that heat. And when it came back out, I told Chuck was there. I said, man, I can feel that heat again. Man, I got cold. I'm feeling good now. Vision, know this, church. Vision and goals go hand in hand. Write it. Speak it. Look past the tips of your shoes for once in your life. Look Get your eyes up on where God wants to take you. And so many of us are walking like this. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I'll never see it. I'll never see it. Went to one of the worst accidents, car accidents I've ever seen in my life. Just, I'm not even going to start to describe it except one word, hideous. And that's no just trying to make things worse. It really was really, really God awful. Clear blue sunny day. Person, woman driving a car, goes up, gets close to a bridge. You can see for a, almost a mile. And on that bridge comes an 18-wheeler with a mobile home that's sticking far out in that lane. And once that 18-wheeler got on that bridge, he could not go. It was taking up both lanes. And this is a long bridge. And before that was lots of road and plenty of vision. And back her way was plenty of vision. I mean, you could see this. You could almost see a mile. It was a long, blue sky, sunny. But she did not have clear vision. And she was driving like this with her eyes right over the front of that hood. And the skid marks before the accident were about 20 to 30 feet long. Because not looking ahead... Not looking forward at what God wants you to see will cause death in your, and destruction in your family and in your home. Stop looking past the tips of your shoes or looking at the tips of your shoes. Bring your eyes up and make yourself drive with vision. Make yourself look down the road. You don't need to make a last second panic stop. You don't need to be making a last second lane change. You need to know God's word, prayer, time with God, fasting, taking the time, being in tune with His voice, knowing and hearing His voice, being in tune, having that clear vision, and you're looking down the road, you're saying, God, I know. Lord, I know you want to take me there. Whoo. I need to make a lane change, right? I'm reading His word. I need to make a lane change right now. Right? Right? No, immediately. Immediately pull off on the side of the road right now. Immediately, right now. Pull off on the side of the road, start praying. No, immediately stop. You've got a flat. Immedi oh, you're in, your check engine light, come on. No. Immediately. You, you don't, it's not a last second. Oh, panic. Go to Tyler. Drive, go to Tyler today. Go out for lunch. Watch it happen. Got that phone out. Three lanes of traffic, back and forth. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, whoa! They're not looking. They don't have vision. So number one, three things I want to tell you right now. So number one is write and speak the vision. Number two, get close to the fire. 
close to the source. Get really, really close to the source. As I was putting these notes together last night, I went out in my backyard. It was great. I lit a fire, and there were times when I was like, man, alive. My skin is hurting. And I would back up, and then I would get forward. and I would get, But I got close to that fire, and I'm going to tell you what. There was, I could feel the heat. God spoke to Elijah in the still, small voice, in a whisper. Too many people want to take this stance to where they want to get far away from God, as far as they can get, away from the heat, away from the flames, away from the source, and they still want to be able to hear the voice of God. And they're like, yay, God, yell me down. Yell at me. Yell me down. Talk me off the ledge. I'm going to go over here. And he says, I speak to you in that still small voice and he spoke to Elijah in a whisper and I'm telling you what that tells me right now it tells me I need to be close if, if, if somebody on the front row is whispering to me right now and they're saying what uh, come, come again I, I, I don't have a clue what you're saying can you, can you get a little closer? Can you, can you, I don't, I need that closeness to God. I need to be close to the Father. If there's ever been a time in the world, if there's ever been a time in time where we need to be close to God, now is not the time to be walking away from the source. To be walking, this is the time where I'm pointing. I'm stomping on some toe right now. Stop walking away from God and start walking to God. Get this thing that's blocking your vision out of the way and back right up to that heat source and be right there when he speaks to you in that whisper and he says, you need to be making a left-hand lane change right now. I'm telling you, you need to go to prayer meeting tonight and you need to repent of your sins. Right now, you, through the voice of God, listening and you're hearing and you say, he says, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You need to be baptized, period. Believe it or not, there's probably somebody here right now, they've never been baptized. I'm going to tell you what, it's a glorious, powerful, mighty thing. If you were baptized as a child, you don't remember what was spoken over you. You don't even remember the experience. You just got a picture on the wall. You got a little old Polaroid. And somebody says, that was when you were baptized. You remember that old Johnny boy? You were one and a half years old. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. I don't really remember it. Go get rebaptized. I was rebaptized myself. And I was baptized at seven years old by my father. And I actually do remember it. But I was like, you know what? I didn't do that for myself. I did that because somebody told me to do it. I want to understand it. I want to read your word. I want to know why I'm getting baptized. Your job here on earth is to get in tune with His voice and then discover your vision. Not to develop your own vision and your own plan, but to learn and study His Word. His voice. Can you hand me those plans right there? On the end of the pew, I forgot to bring them up here with me. His voice and Word don't contradict each other. So when somebody wants to give you some plans to say, oh, the Lord told me. This, these are the plans for this expansion going on at the church. These plans came from a lot. Spencer can vouch for this. Spencer Pate, just wave your hand back over there in the corner. Everybody, he's not in his assigned seat because 
There's a lot of people here. Hey. All right. How many times, Spencer, I mean, you don't have to yell out, but we know, did we meet with an architect, the, the designer? Come on now. I don't have to make every point for y'all. We know the point's being made here. How many times did we meet with that designer? And, she's, and we said, hey, we want to do this. And she's like, uh, you probably don't want to do that. Well, we would like to do this. Um, you might not want to do that. Why? Because she studied it. She knows it. You need a meeting with the designer. You need to go to the designer and say, God, what is your vision? Help me to discover my vision, your vision for me. Help me to discover that. Lead me and guide me and direct me. Everybody stand if you will. Get close to the source, the fire. A hot fire will kill what it needs to kill and it will absolutely sustain in the coldest night, in your darkest night, when you feel like you are so far from everything, you just need to know that the fire of God will sustain you in your spirit. I've got one more point to make and it's quick. I'm about to let everybody go. I know you're here. Thank you so much for your attention. Don't eclipse your source. Number three, quit being distracted. You told me, I told y'all it got us distracted. We'd work a little while, then we'd look away. We'd work a little while, then we'd look away. We kept getting distracted. Kept getting distracted. Quit being distracted and get laser focused. God is coming back. The church is growing. Lock in and bear down. Proverbs 4.27 Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. And if you're going to be having vision, if you're not going to get distracted, don't be guilty of having this kind of relationship where you say, I need to have vision. I want to have vision. And I know that I need to be going in this direction over here. So I'm just going to just go where, the, where it just kind of shines. Well, it's, this is kind of, my beam's kind of widening out. Let's for those of you watching online, I've got a flashlight in my hand and right now it's just, the whole wall's lit up. You know what? You can feel like you're going the right direction, but if you're off by one degree, you can walk and walk and walk and a mile later, you're off. 50 miles later, you're way off. 100 miles, you're in the next county. Well, excuse me. <laughs> That's funny. 100 miles, you're in the wrong state. You're trying to go to New Mexico and you're up there in Oklahoma because you just walking with this type of this type of direction. Oh, I guess I'll go wherever the just wherever. No, I want you to be like this. Boom. Laser focused. Right there. That's where I'm. Oh, I, Lord, you have direction for me to go this direction. Right there is the spot. No question. Let me tell you what God has for some of us today. I'll just say all of us today. He has got clear vision and direction for you. He's asking some of us today, all of us today, to lock in and bear down and see the vision that He has for you. Quit trying to find your own vision. Quit trying to find your own direction. 
He says, I have your direction. I have your vision. You seek after me. You seek after the things of me. Give me everything and I will give you everything. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it's powerful. Thank you, Lord, that it it really touches us. Thank you, Lord, for moving in this place and touching us and stirring us up. Lord, we vow to you today that we will open up our eyes and have clear vision. Lord, I pray that you would open up the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place today. Lord, give us vision and direction, Lord. We will vow to you today that we will keep vision. We will follow after you and in your footsteps. Lord, guide us, direct us, keep us in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want them to play whatever they've got lined up to play. And before you step out of this place, if you want to come to the front, you come to the front, we'll pray with you. If you before you leave this place today, I want you to just say a simple prayer. Lord, give me clear vision in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to see what you see. And I want to hear what you hear And I'm going to speak what you speak Declaring your will in the earth As it is in heaven Yeah
Forever and ever. 